You never had anyone take an interest in you? A double, double, a double, a double take? <laughs> just always thought. You just thought some people are creepy. It's better if we all steer clear of one another. We're dangerous to non-eaters, but we can hurt one another just as bad. Good afternoon, everyone, or good morning. Welcome back to the Seat Struck Movie Podcast. It is a Sunday again. It is the 5th of November, 2023. And uh, I'm your co-host, Curtis, and I'm joined today by my other co-host, Quinn. Hey, guys. And we have a special guest today, uh, Nikki Young from the uh, Serial Napper Napper Podcast, which you should definitely check out. Hi, Nikki. Hi, happy to be here. Yeah, great to have you. So I'm a big fan of the Serial Napper Podcast. And uh, we're going to be talking about a movie that I really liked uh, from last year, actually. So not going back to the 70s or 80s this week, but uh, kind of continuing our spooky week with uh, Bones and All, too, from last year with Timothy Chalamet in the lead role and co-starring uh, Mark Rylance. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that, too. There's kind of a true crime aspect to it, too. So I thought it'd be really fun to have Nikki on board for it. So we're really happy to have you, as I said, too. And uh, my co-host, John, is also here. Hi, John. I hope you're feeling okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're we're hanging in there okay yeah <laughs> lots of water <laughs> john was rocking rocking in the free world pretty hard last night but he's he, he's going strong still so <laughs> back to so, back yeah. weeks where i did karaoke the night before it's not good for your voice yeah uh, recording yeah, <laughs> yeah you've got a funny voice today <laughs> but <laughs> so we're we're kind of continuing the spooky trend too we uh we had a spooky October and we're kind of continuing with spooky November and lots of cannibals this month. As I was saying beforehand, we have uh, cannibals this week and we have cannibals next week with uh, Hannibal, Ridley Scott's Hannibal. So that'll be kind of fun to do. So uh, before we do that, we always like to talk about uh, our news of the week, too. Uh, with lots of stuff to talk about this week, too. A lot of releases, too. I guess, yeah, I can list some of them. I, I think you had mentioned, written a couple down, too, John. Um, I had Priscilla down, which is the uh, story of story of Elvis and Priscilla Presley. They're kind of a love story, too. I'm really kind of keen to see that, too. It's had a lot of good reviews, too. I think Sofia Coppola directed it, too. So uh, obviously, it's really good. We're checking out. There's a new A24 release, too, called All Dirt Roads Taste of Salt, too. It's about a kind of a Mississippi black community. And I saw the trailer. I sent it to Quinn because I was so excited about it. And I think it looks really good. So I'm really, I don't really know what it's about, but <laughs> it looks really good. So I'll de- definitely check it out. Um, I also wanted to mention there's a lot of kind of, you know, 80s action hero things happening recently, too. We had an Arnold Netflix series earlier this year, and now there's a Sly, uh, Sylvester Stallone Netflix series out called Sly. I haven't heard too much about it, but I'm kind of keen to check it out because I like Sly. And lastly, uh, that I had mentioned, um, there's a new video game out. So the Robocop Rogue City, where you play as Robocop, and it's voiced by the original voice actor. The demo had a lot of like mixed reviews, but I think the game so far that I've seen on Steam, it's been pretty good reviews. So maybe worth checking out. It's the same guys who made the, the Terminator, uh, whatever, not Salvation, but whatever it's called, game. So uh, you had a couple on there too, I think, uh, John. 
Yeah, I mentioned uh, Anatomy of a Fall. That's a, a new film that's that just came out this week. Um, I don't really know much about it personally. I know it's uh, sort of like a courtroom thriller. Um, hit the festival circuit uh, last year and and got some good buzz. So I uh, want to check that one out. And uh, this came out a few weeks ago, I believe. But uh, I should mention the Taylor Swift Heiress Tour movie came out. And that's uh, uh, done very well box office wise. It's been kind of funny seeing um, the, the tension it's gotten. And, and I don't know, in an era when people are kind of concerned about it, how theaters are going to survive it's it's i think it's kind of cool to see kind of the movie as like an event uh especially for like her her shows because they're so expensive to go to if you're a fan um the alternative is just to go to the the movies and see her show there so i kind of wonder if we'll start seeing more artists um releasing their stuff like that in the theater um stuff like that I, i'm curious about it anyway but um definitely seems like uh it's a fun time. I did enjoy reading uh, some people who were going to movies beside it where you could still hear the music in the other cinema because everyone was singing. So <laughs> I'm not sure their experiences were that great. But if you were there and singing along, I'm sure it was a blast. So uh, that, that's about about it for me for new stuff coming out. Yeah. And we had kind of some cool Hollywood news, too. So if anyone was watching the Black Friday ads, which are coming up soon, not in Canada, but in the U.S., but sometimes they capitalize in Canada anyway. Uh, there was a Mean Girls reunion. So they had Lindsay Lohan, uh, Amanda Seyfried. I hope I said her name right. Uh, so the original core Mean Girls uh, back for a uh, Black Friday ad, too. So if you like that, it's worth checking out. And it, we're still kind of watching spooky movies it's still kind of spooky season for me every day i have uh i had my birthday party last night so i have a lot of like spooky decorations up too um what kind of uh spooky movies has everyone been watching what about you quinn have you been watching anything spooky uh um yeah i mean the last the, over the, the past couple of days especially on like halloween and stuff uh i watched uh hubie halloween that adam sandler i don't know it, it it's kind of a guilty pleasure it's kind of a, I became <laughs> like one of my uh my go-to sort of Halloween, like comedy, I don't know, modern classic, especially for a Netflix movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I watched that. Is, is that a new one? I haven't heard that one. Yeah, it came out a few years ago. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's it, it's something, but it's funny. It's fun. It's classic it's like, Sandler playing a guy with yeah, a weird voice, as he always does. Yeah, it's like classic Sandler, but like, yeah, I don't know. I, I found it pretty good. I've seen it a few times. And I did start, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Mike Flanagan's new uh, series fall of the house of usher uh, oh, which, yeah. to be honest it hasn't it hasn't grabbed me it's like like <clears throat> it's well shot like great uh you know well the characters are just so despicable aren't they all i didn't like a single <laughs> except for the granddaughter i didn't like any of those house usher yeah. brats <laughs> yeah i mean like as as usual like the setting and everything's great and i like the darkness of it all and i'm, I'm a huge edgar Allan poe fan so it's like kind of um you know it, it, it is nice and everything but it's just one of those things where i'm just like I find it slow and boring, mm -hmm. so I'm just, just trying very to get long. over that hump. There's a lot it of episodes too, yeah. For for yeah, it is. Um, so I'm trying, trying to trying to somewhat stay invested in that, but that's pretty much all I have. Um, what about you, Nikki? What did you watch? So Halloween tradition every single year, trick or treat is oh, my all time, yeah, favorite Halloween movie every single year. Gotta watch it. All about Sam. He's like the coolest. And then we also watched uh, The Ring which we've seen a million times, but my kids was are it the Japanese one or was it the, the American one? We watched, well, we've watched both now. Um, my kids are just kind of getting to an age. Well, not really. They're not even really old enough to be watching this stuff, but they're both really into horror. My son is um, 12 almost. So this is sort of his introduction to horror was the ring, something a little spooky, but not going to like completely traumatize him. 
and my daughter's seven and she's a Halloween baby. And so she's down for everything. She'll so watch anything, yeah. <laughs> anything spooky. And then coming from Japan, obviously they're, they're really into like Japanese horror movies. So the original Ringu, they love. Um, so yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> get them to get a good uh, horror education, you know, with all those great movies too. I love Trick or Treat too, because it's such a fun anthology movie. Like a lot of anthologies I find, like horror anthologies, like there'll be a couple good ones and then some of them will just suck. But like that one is one, I can't think of another one where they're just like all really high quality throughout, you know, even the framing device is really good. It's, so it's flawless so <laughs> and it's spooky, but it's also really funny and it's just a great mixture of both. What did you watch this week, John? Uh, yeah, I watched uh, a bunch of stuff. We had a little spooky movie night before Halloween, so we watched a bunch in a row. Uh, the first one that we watched was a film called Cobweb, uh, which came out last year. Oh, yeah, I uh, that one. Kind of odd, because I think, I think it came out in the summer, and uh, I think it got a limited theatrical release, and um, I guess it's coming out now for like a lot of streaming services. And I was kind of surprised why it didn't come out right now, because other than, I guess, Five Nights at Freddy's, there's really nothing else in the theater for for horror. I feel like if it came out now, it would have would have done very well. But uh, regardless, it's a it's a film about a young boy. He's a very troubled boy um, living in this like town ripped out of like a Goosebumps episode. It's like the <laughs> autumn season and it's got that same like, I don't know, Toronto suburb vibe from like the Goosebumps episodes. And uh He's um, but he's troubled, like he's getting bullied at school and like there seems to be something odd with him and his parents. His parents seem very strange. And then out of nowhere, um, he starts to hear a voice of a young girl in the wall and he starts to talk with her. And I I don't want to say more because it's going to get spoiler territory. But um, if if you've seen the the Treehouse of Horror episode, The Thing and I with Hugo, um, it kind of relates a little bit to that. And I kind of I couldn't help but kept making fish fish heads jokes <laughs> the entire fucking time you're watching it. Um, but yeah, really cool. It obviously takes a lot from like the Babadook and, and even I'd say like Barbarian it's, and a little bit of too. So it looks really good too in that one, I think. You know, for Goosebumps yeah. episode, you know, they, they really upped the uh, cinematography. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It was a decent watch. Um, and, and uh, you know, it was pretty, pretty spooky, especially as as things go on in the end. It kind of goes in a direction you might not expect. So um, I, I thought it was pretty, pretty twisted. Good way to start off the, the Halloween spooky night. Um, the next one I watched, and maybe we could talk about it more when you when you mentioned it, Curtis. I watched uh, When Evil Lurks, uh, the mm-hmm. uh, the Damien Raguna uh, Rugna film. That's the same director as Terrified, which is oh, you could you, you can talk about it because because I I didn't get a chance to finish watching it actually. So you oh, can, you didn't finish yeah. watching it? Okay, well I'm not gonna go too detailed, but <laughs> um, man, what a fucking tense goddamn movie! I loved it though because <laughs> it was cool. So many uh, Exorcist like movies or possession movies tend to be more based around a very kind of specific location like a home or a some kind of setting and and almost all and almost universally they're all about religion and kind of theology and you know think of like the exorcist obviously the main the main example there uh but this one was cool because it was sort of like possession is almost like a like a disease or an affliction onto someone and it was almost it was stripped away from any kind of religious uh allegory there and i i thought it was just really a really visceral film again no spoilers but i was sitting beside my uh, my buddy andrew who uh, he has a two-year-old son and he also has a one-year-old 115 pound saint bernard so when a certain scene happened <laughs> in a movie i i look over at him and he just like fuck this movie and he's like cold sweat i thought that was pretty funny <laughs> that was like one of my favorite movie moments of the year uh watching with someone uh but he liked the movie but it was uh, a little hard for him at that part but um yeah i thought it was awesome i haven't seen terrified but i have seen some of the clips of it and like i i just think the director of these films he's he's a hell of a talent and like he just makes really visceral 
um gory like uncomfortable films and he's not afraid to like be scary with like children in like really disturbing ways too and it just it's really unnerving and and the gore effects safe. and stuff in I it were really safe, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i thought and it was just such like a depressing and brutal watch it reminded me a lot of like uh I, i've seen some people online who've compared it to like um like a fulci film like one of his like uh um films or even like the carpenter apocalypse trilogy like it had that kind of like vibe of like evil is just here and there's no goodness in this world evil is spread and i i, I loved it i wasn't like i can't give it i give it like four stars but i think i might rewatch it because like I, I just think it was brilliant it was just a really uh, what, what did you think about it too, Curtis? Because th- you said you watched part of it. but Yeah, I um, just watched the opening. I, w- I was trying to watch it last night, but I was a little bit too drunk. So I fell asleep. But uh, um, yeah, I, I thought it was really good, like the cinematography. And it was really gripping. And I think for a, an Argentinian film too, it just explores a lot of these kind of different topics in a, in a weird way that's kind of unfamiliar to us. And I like that idea too. So I'm kind of keen to watch it now too, especially if you kind of talked about it. So I'll, I'll try and watch the whole thing when I'm sober and <laughs> give you mm. get back to you about it. Yeah. <laughs> Cool, cool. Um, another one I watched, the last one we watched of the night uh, was The Puppet Man. It's also on Shudder. Um, this one I, I didn't think was all that good. Uh, it's about like this convicted killer who um, kind of uh, uses con- controlling bodies and possession to like uh, kill his victims. And, you know, his daughter seems to begins to suspect that that was the case and that uh, the puppet man curse is continuing onward. And it's it was pretty dumb. I, I it was I was kind of a dull movie, but there were like two kills in it that I thought were like really good. Um, some really gnarly effects. If you watch the trailer, you'll see them. So it kind of spoils it. And I had that thought too watching it. I'm like, wow, I the trailer was just the best part of the fucking movie. But um, it was it was all right. I, some people dig it, so um, I would check it out if you can. Um, another one I watched, uh, we were in the mood for like another possession movie. Uh, this was with me and my wife, so we watched uh, the possession of Hannah Grace. Uh, what a bad movie not very good (laughs) kind of boring uh kind of just like a lot of shay uh mitchell i think is her name walking around and just like with no facial reaction like zipping bags and unzipping it was it it went on for so long it's in the um (laughs) it takes place in this um hospital in boston uh, which i found out is actually city hall repurposed to a hospital it's very odd but uh they're in this hospital she's working like the night shift as like a um, a morgue attendant um it's uh, the movie feels like a complete fucking ripoff of like the autopsy of jane doe in a way because it's about this like body that's there and the stuff starts to happen with the body um it was some there were some parts of it that were kind of fun but uh man it was just kind of a slog to get through it and i i, I do like these like last like night shift at the hospital kind of movies i i just there's something about them that i find just because i used to work like a not i didn't work overnights but i used to work like a night shift at a store and when you're working that late sometimes things just feel weird you're in the witching hour there's just you can't kind of see a weird th- you can't vibe. see thing i kept thinking of that weird scene the scary scene in the exorcist 3 too where you they have that hospital scene at, at night oh too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> What One a jump scare! <laughs> yeah, so oh, I, I've always kind of scares. yeah, yeah. I so I've it. always liked those uh, kind of movies, but yeah, this one definitely wasn't the uh, wasn't the best. I would say if you haven't watched it, watch the Autopsy of Jane Doe instead. That movie's that's a good awesome. movie. Yeah. Um, to wrap up real quick uh, on Halloween, the classics watched uh, Night of the Living Dead. I mean, Night of the Living Dead is just a classic movie, and um, it's just such an interesting. I mean, it's such an important film. I was kind of thinking that there's an argument to make that it might actually be like the best american film or most important american film of all time because like it was just such an incredible like underground independent effort a couple of kids in pittsburgh with a kind of a linear like just their house and the farmlands and they gathered a few local actors and stuff and they just threw this movie together um and you watch it and you can still it still has that kind of like student film kind of vibe to it but it's so effective um and it's kind of fun watching it when you realize 
like this was the movie that created the like modern zombie genre. Um, so right away, like already it's kind of setting the tropes that would be reused and recycled in other things. I like I I've been playing a lot of the Resident Evil games and I saw like a lot of Resident Evil one in this just from the all the moments of how the characters interact. Um um, and it's I think it's a really important film. It's certainly like to me, if you think of like this movie and Psycho, it's kind of like the demarcation line between classic horror. You know, you think like even like Valu and stuff like that to like the contemporary horror and the more visceral, socially charged, political uh, charged horrors to come. You know, you can watch this one and then you watch like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and you really you see like America as just like an evil place. And in this movie, it's like the changing of the social culture and all the uprisings of the of 1968 it's coming home uh to 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 your town to your house um and it's pretty it's pretty chilling and of course it's got that incredible ending um i, I don't like it as much as the uh, other dawn of the dead or dawn of the dead and day of the dead i like those movies a bit more but um it's it's still a really classic movie it's very kind of economic with its uh with its runtime and everything too so a uh, good movie to watch on halloween i'd say too um uh, as well uh, other stuff i'll just wrap quick uh, we watched uh, the how the fall the house of the fall of usher the fall of the house of usher. I'm getting my titles mixed. Um, it would I thought it was pretty okay. I will say I, I really liked the the first episode and the last episode. I, I think like Mike Flanagan does a good job with his kind of like bookends. I tend to find like my favorite episodes are always like when it starts off and then how he wraps it up. Um, it but I, maybe it's just, ending. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I saw that. That was the problem I had. Is I just saw it coming. I mean, you're gonna yeah. end on like the most famous post story of all time. Mm-hmm. It's like I was like an episode and a half away and i like we know there's something going on in that basement yeah here's what's gonna happen here's what's gonna happen exactly what happened so um i just i just thought it was a bit too long like there were so many episodes and every episode i mean again (laughs) every episode's like here's the title of the post story and you know a character is going to presumably die and like it was just it felt so repetitive and 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 then the time differences to me didn't work all that much um but i still you know i still enjoyed it i i like mike flanagan's style and uh um, again, I like Poe, so I especially I especially love uh, the cask of Amontillado. So I loved all those references. Oh, yeah, with the mansplaining uh, Tom Cruise guy. <laughs> oh, that he was yeah, so funny. That, that was good. Yeah. Uh, and I and I love uh, what's his name, Henry Thomas, the the guy. He's always in all of Detective? his films. Uh, no, well, no, he was Japan, the son. Fr- Frederick. He was Frederick. Oh, Frederick. Frederick. Oh, Frederick. Yeah. And I just love. He his, looks like, like Rainbow Wormtongue, man. <laughs> he looked like I Grima love how Wormtongue. he just gets. He has like a cocaine addiction in the, in the series, and he's getting more and more deranged as it goes <laughs> and on. And he goes to so his like drugged up brother to get him he's like what are you doing <laughs> i really loved uh carla Gugino. i thought she was oh, really great amazing. in the series it's maybe like out of the series she's been in this might be her like easily her best performance i thought it was uh it was a really big really big highlight and i actually really liked mark hamill i didn't like him at first i'm like this sucks i hate his performance yeah. and then as it went on i loved it i i, I want to oh, see more mark voice, hamill yeah. in series and movies. i like how like, mark hamill has this like really renaissance cool. now he's like kind of coming back like and having yeah. these new roles and it's kind of nice because there was a period where he was like like robert downey jr he was just like on drugs all the time too and now he's well i mean he's mostly up, a like, voice actor he's the joker yeah. and like and everything yeah. else so he's been mostly just behind the scenes doing animation and stuff and yeah, now it seems like he's I kind of back in doing again, yeah. actual movies. So, yeah, I, I liked it. Although I saw some people suggesting that uh, one of the reasons why Mike Flanagan is going to Amazon is to make longer series and, and more detail. And I'm kind of like, was watching this. I'm like, man, I don't think this needed more fucking episodes. I kind of needed less episodes. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see where he goes from there. And uh, last one, because I know we're going to be doing Hannibal soon. 
And we did this on the podcast many, many moons ago. Uh, but I watched The Silence of the Lambs for the uh, first, for the time, first right? time. Wow. But yeah. I have I but I realized I've actually seen a lot of it. Like I've seen, I think, the last um, hour of the movie on TV. And my, my my wife was saying actually we did watch most of the middle at my parents. I don't remember, but um yeah, apparently I've seen a lot of it, but never seen it start to finish. And I mean, yeah, the critics are right. It's a fucking awesome movie. It's so good. I love just how much of the movie is focused on like on like close-ups, like very intense close-ups and and staring right at you in the camera and a lot of whip pants. I love Demi's style. It's very technical. And you can see how like Fincher was really inspired by him too uh, with his stuff. Um, but I, I love how so much of the, the movie is about kind of like leering and, you know, especially with um, Clarice's character and like how all the men in the series, the show are yeah, like being you know, a woman so many in moments where she's world. walking yeah. by and they turn around and look at her. And, and just the way she has to kind of navigate those spaces is mm-hmm. really, really fascinating. And the horror and it's fucking awesome. Like it's it's just a really uh, and I, I, I know some of the stuff with it. I guess probably doesn't age as well, but I, I still thought like the way they handle it was was fairly good. I, I didn't think it was really that really that bad. And I love the little dog. I can't remember the dog. Precious. Precious. Yeah. yeah. There was a meme that went around where it's like the best filmography of all time. And it's a picture of the dog with like, I think it, the dog was in Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure, and I think like Beetlejuice yeah. or something. And and I, I and like I. I was looking at my dog and he was, I'm like, you could have, this could have been you. This could have been your, this is a small, crusty little guy. I'm like, this could have been your filmography. He could, he could be a late, 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 uh, late bloomer. You know, you put him, put him up in Hollywood and get him in a little oh, yeah. in a cameo there. <laughs> but yeah, awesome. The score is great. I was, it's great. Cause I, I, I got like a, a gift for my wife. I got it on 4k and I was watching it on 4k and like, I was like tears in my eyes. It looks so good. Um, beautiful looking film. So I'm very excited to revisit it again too in the future and uh, you know, getting ready for, for Hannibal, which I'm sure is just as good. You know, I'm sure I love, it's ha- not- I, I love, I love Hannibal, but it, the thing, problem with Hannibal, cause I'm not going to be here next week too, is I, and you know, you guys can discuss it later too, but um, I, I find like you don't have that chemistry between Clarice and Hannibal as much in, in the movie Hannibal. And I think that's what made, Sans Lamb so powerful is that chemistry you don't yeah. feel as much but I did love Hannibal the movie too yeah so uh, I guess that's about it for me then uh, Curtis uh, anything you watched yeah, so uh, I'll just I'll speed through it too so I did watch sure. um I did watch the house of the fall of the house of usher I really I really liked it actually I I think midnight mass is still my favorite too uh, yeah. but I liked a lot of the stuff that they were doing as as you guys said I think it could have been a little bit shorter even though it was only eight episodes I mean there's just too many of those awful family members um Yes, it's a modern take on Poe's most famous stories. Two in each episode, as we said, two has uh, is based on a, sh- a short story, and the whole thing is based on the, the fall of the house of Usher too. I loved Carla Gugino too; she was amazing. And I thought what was really nice about her character too is that you know it kind of challenges ageist expectations of uh, of beauty and kind of female beauty and sexiness too. Because I mean, she's I think she's fifty two now, and I mean she still looks you know amazing, and she was very sexy and just a great character too. And I, I you actually like the demon more than you like the family members, which is saying a lot. Like, and I thought the that she had more empathy for the family members too. So that was really cool to check yeah, out. Kind of some like jigsaw ass logic going on where she's just yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not responsible for anything. I'm like, lady, you're opening doors with chip <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Like, I don't Camp know, you're Pandora's kind of responsible, <laughs> kind of culpable. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. So it, it was really good for that way for that. And uh, she's. I thought it was really interesting too with Madeline Usher too, because, um, you know, we get this kind of flashback scenes where she's in this very patriarchal and toxic masculine society, and you know, we see her firsthand. You know, we had this mansplaining Tom Cruise like telling her what to do, and you know, you see how hard it is to be a woman in that society, and women are judged for just being women too. And 
I also thought it was kind of interesting, kind of a stab at kind of big pharma too, you know, like uh, the ushers make their, their fortunes, they have more money than brains, you know, and, and, you know, they just keep making profit over profit. And when you think about it, you know, like medicine too, medicine, medicine shouldn't really have this, you know, charge medicine should be available to everyone. So I think it just shows how kind of corrupt and selfish, not only the usher family, but also kind of the pharmaceutical companies and maybe late stage capitalism can be too. But yeah, I didn't I didn't like it as much as Midnight Mass, but I did enjoy it a lot too. And it was a nice kind of Halloween treat. Um, so that was my kind of experience with it too. I also watched um, Baskin, which is a uh, um, Turkish horror movie. Came out a couple of years ago. It's about these five uh, police officers and they go they they go into through the gateway to hell, basically. It's kind of surreal. It's almost like a Lucio Fulci movie. I kind of lost interest, but I did like some of the themes because it was talking about you know, masculine masculinity is so important in Turkish culture too, and it really explores that I think really well. But I know I just kind of lost me too, and it, the plot was very hard to follow, um, so I didn't get all the way through. And the last thing I watched was uh, Hell House Hell House LLC Origins, the Carmichael Manor. Really long. What title. a title, Jesus! Yeah, Christ. it came out on my birthday, so I'm almost a spooky baby. October thirtieth, oh, right. so came out on my birthday, which was kind of cool. I actually really like this one. I didn't like the other ones yeah. in the series as much for some reason, but this one actually like they amped up the the cinematography. It's a prequel, uh, but it's a prequel that's better than the other movies in the series. And it's these two kind of reckless. Um, it's a real estate developer. They go to this house that's obviously haunted, and some weird things happen there. And then um, <laughs> there's some demonic clowns, and I really like these demonic clowns. I don't like Art the Clown very much, so it was kind of a nice contrast to have these kind of spooky demonic clowns that don't say anything or whatever what, what i love about the clowns in this is like you can tell they're actually actual actors and the whole yeah. time you're like when are they gonna fucking move like that one yeah. guy is just like he's like touching his face <laughs> and you're, i'm like sitting there the whole time like this guy is gonna fucking move at just some knock point. him over or something <laughs> i don't know if you heard last episode curtis but i had mentioned on my vacation in new york city i went to the film premiere in at oh the you IC did Center. oh wow i got to meet the cast and everything the, the stars the, were the all director out. Or... the director yeah i walked past oh. him i didn't talk to him but he's he was like a couple inches short of me i walked past him oh, that's really um, but cool. yeah it was it was really uh really fun to see uh to see all the cast and what was fun what was really i thought was really heartwarming was all the cast their friends and families were there too so like when certain characters like when the when the i guess her her friend shows up the guy shows up you heard like Whoa, and all the family cheering the crowd uh definitely helped so that was that was pretty fun uh i liked it though yeah you're right it was kind of like a return back to the first film a bit mm. i didn't like hell house three hell house three was kind of yeah. like the silent night deadly night of the series it was like half this, <laughs> half of it was just like clips from the original film and i'm like okay this just feels kind of lazy but yeah. it was a kind of cool return to form film and i liked all the parts that were outside the manor it reminded me kind of like blair witch and had that kind of like yeah the, you know, set, the, set, the setup place and yeah. you know the, the, kind of the horror of like the house is this entity i i really like i really love that kind of shit i just watched all those great encounters movies so that stuff i really like there was that one, uh, one scene in the film too i don't think it's a spoiler where she's doing like the she's like zoom calling someone and oh, then yeah, like that yeah was... that, and then it was like right next to her in the room and i, I mean it reminded me of the, uh, the, that scene from it but it's really good if nikki and quinn if you haven't seen it it's it's a fun one so <laughs> Check it out. Yeah, check it's out. on. Sh it's on Shutter, I think. So, um, yeah. So I think that's everything I watched. So I guess we can dive into the movie now, which is uh, 2022's um, Bones and All, directed by um, you know, I can never say his name right, <laughs> Luca Guadagnino. I don't. I probably said that wrong. I'm sorry. I think it's Guadagnino. I'll, I'll call him Luca just for it. <laughs> but he also Luca, did, like uh, Luca Doncic. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so he did the Suspiria remake and Call Me by Your Name too. With uh, the screenplay was written by David. Hadj Ganich and uh, Timothy Chalamet is starring. He was also producing the film and it's uh, Luca's first film set in the U S. So he also had um, uh, Timothy and call me by your name. 
I watched this uh, one with my girlfriend, theaters with my girlfriend last year, and it was one of my favorite movies of the year. So I was a bit greedy this spooky canon season, and I picked two movies. But there's a lot to appreciate here. I liked it a lot more than the novel it was based on. Um, so cannibalism as a theme really seems to be quite popular lately. I guess maybe because it's one of the last cultural taboos. But I like the idea of cannibalism as kind of medical affliction here. So the characters in this movie, too, um, they, 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 they eat out of compulsion rather than, you know, uh, because they want to in a lot of cases. Well, some of them do and some of them don't. But um, I liked it as kind of an affliction idea, like the vampirism in movies like mm-hmm. Bill Ferreira's The Addiction. And I thought Timothy Chalamet was really good. Um, one of my favorite moments is when he's like rocking and rocking out to kiss his lick it up. I really like that scene. And I love the setting in the 80s Bible Belt. Uh, the cannibalism uh, victims remind me of folks who went missing in the 70s and 80s and were never found, many likely due to serial killers. And I thought that would be fun to talk about later with uh, Nikki, too. And Mark Rylance is so unpredictably sinister here. First, you think he's just this weird guy, and then you realize that's something off. And then before you know it, he's you find out he's like, spoiler alert, kind of chaotic, this chaotic kind of evil stalker. And I think this film does a really good job of exploring kind of, um, you know, being a woman, having like these kind of stalker, uh, you know, come after you and that sort of thing as well, too. I love the chemistry between the level lovers. And it's probably my favorite Timothy Chalamet role so far. And I love the kind of gorgeous Bible Belt cinematography. Luke is always really good with that cinematography. And the ending really broke my heart, too. I couldn't stop thinking about this movie when I watched it. And I uh, devoured the book uh, soon after. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess... Uh, what did all of you think of the film kind of coming to, I guess maybe some of you are coming to the first time or if you'd seen it before, maybe Nikki, I guess, what did you think? Sure, I can start. Um, So I did definitely did not look this movie up ahead of time. So I went in it just not knowing what it was about. Um, And I mean, five minutes in, I was definitely <laughs> surprised um, at the sleepover scene. Oh yeah. yeah. Shit. <laughs> it seems very sapphic. It's like, I'm like, I'm going to watch like this coming of age, like lesbian movie. And or you're just like no, nodding really off and then change. suddenly like, holy shit, what did she do to her finger? <laughs> I was doing the so typical, good. you know, sitting on the couch, like scrolling while I'm kind of like, what? and then it was, yeah, shocking. I was <laughs> gagging like immediately. Cause I'm just, even though I literally just read, research, write, talk about true crime, I'm still such a baby when it comes to gore for some reason. I have no idea why, but um, I thought it was a really interesting twist on a coming of age movie. Um, Sully immediately was red flags, walking red flags to me, Uh, call it female intuition. But like, I know he's supposed to be creepy, but there was something. Don't go to that house with that guy. (laughs) Yeah, there was something sort of like something else there, something sort of like child predator-esque about Mm. him he just he gave off all the like the female ick vibes for sure very terrifying (laughs) um and I don't know if you guys caught it I actually I wrote down a note because my husband noticed it at first there's a scene it's when she goes back with Sully and she's I think she's like crying she's upset and she's like wiping away her face and she has like this enormous booger on her face if you didn't catch it please go back and watch it it's it's real it's a real booger and it's it's enormous and it's where's gonna do in one take one take (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly like i'm pretty sure yeah anyway my husband had to point out to me that had me gagging more than anything else in in raiders of the lost ark where he eats the fly like where belloc eats the fly i'm like wow okay (laughs) (laughs) exactly um and then overall, I mean, I, I, th- I thought it was really interesting because um, right away I was thinking, you kind of alluded to it, um, Curtis, the serial killers, 
um, from the 70s and people who went missing and were just never found. And the idea of, you know, all of these uncaught serial killers and were they really, really serial killers or is there something more supernatural there? You know, bodies never found, bones and all eaten. I thought that was kind of interesting. And then I absolutely just loved the ending. I thought it was great. At first, I didn't really understand it. But then when I sort of sat back and thought about it, um, I don't want to spoil it, but I mean, I, I had to think about it a bit to understand. It's really like, that... be beautiful and horrific at the same time, isn't it? Right. You know, yeah. And that final yeah. scene, I was kind of confused about at first, the very, very ending with the two of them together um, kind of threw me off because I was like, did, did she? Didn't she? And then I thought about it and I was like, OK, <laughs> there is a yeah. hidden message here, I think, of, you know, now they're kind of together forever. Um, it's kind of how I I thought of it. But yeah, I loved it. And I, it caught my attention right off the bat with the finger scene and kept my attention throughout. I definitely gagged a whole bunch. Definitely had to run to the bathroom <laughs> yeah, one gagged time. And I was a little bit drunk and I was like, oh, I hope she's, I hope she's okay. I hope it didn't traumatize <laughs> her. It's my fault. <laughs> I was okay in the end, but yeah, I actually, I had to pause it a couple of times, run to the bathroom, come back, continue watching it, but <laughs> oh, great no. movie if you can get through it. As long as you can stomach it, you're good. Yeah, I loved it. You can have the gore. <laughs> What'd you guys think? Quinn? Yeah, uh, very similar to Nikki. I went in um, like completely blind, and uh, the finger bite scene got me too. Um, oh, but what what brought what brought my attention to it like immediately as soon as it started is just like how beautiful, um, mm. like uh, how beautifully shot it was. It almost reminded me. Um, I, I got a lot of like Stanley Kubrick influence on it, like just like the way it was filmed uh transitions to um from 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 scene to scene maybe one um, maybe one but, do a road overall, trip too. <laughs> yeah yeah no for sure um yeah i mean i to be honest i i i think this movie overall is what really got me uh the most was was the script um mm -hmm. i did i did find it sort of a, a movie that that went in waves but overall visually um stunning and and the script was just incredible like just very very well written um and the acting was phenomenal too but uh but yeah that's uh yeah john what about you uh yeah i i went into this i knew it was a cannibal love story movie and that's why i actually did a <laughs> a double feature we watched silence of the lambs and then this movie because i figured oh, nice. cannibals much different <laughs> movies obviously um but yeah i, I really loved it I, I wrote down a god rylance i mean mark rylance in this movie is just so great he's so disturbing and um, I was reading a review where someone suggested he's almost it's almost like he's in like a like a kind of sillier movie. Like it, it, the scenes are, are so odd with him because it's like the vibe is so much different. You just feel like something's of, off. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of this movie is like road, like YA, like love story. And then it's like he shows up and like the especially in the first part of the movie where it's with him and her um, at the woman's house. who's passed away. And it's like there's this. And, and, and as Nikki kind of said, like there's it, it's really like kind of focused on. Um, how, how how you feel towards this man because there's so many things about him that seem disturbing and off, but there's also parts of him where you're like, okay, maybe he's just a a lonely a old guy, man, yeah, kind old man, a friend, yeah. Um, and you know, where, where, there's that the, the kind of threshold of the horror there. And I knew he was going to come back as soon as she left. I was like, he's probably going to show up again later in the movie, and, yeah, and sure enough, he does. <laughs> and man, what a scene where he loses it on her, where he tells her to go go fuck yourself, and it's it's like, yeah, and she didn't do anything wrong. It's just, and, and you see, and it's, like, <laughs> and, but it's so true to like I think of like the the stories of like guys who are like, you're so beautiful, honey, can't handle so rejection, sweet. yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, sorry, not interested, and he's like, and they're just like, well, fuck you, bitch, or whatever. And it's just like yeah. a total 
whiplash. Yeah. Um, and of can't course, that, fucking, <laughs> that disturbing ending too. Uh, I mean, well, we can't talk about the spoilers because uh, uh, I guess last warning for anyone, but um, especially at the end where he's just like, you could tell that like a lot of what he's, it, there's a lot of like male on, on women uh, kind of almost like the incel phenomena with him a bit. And you could tell that I was thinking about him. He talks about his first kill when he was a, a kid, which would have been many, many years ago when the, during the time of this movie, and I was thinking like he's someone who's lived probably a very solitary, alone existence. And, you know, he sees this burgeoning relationship and, you know, he's got that jealousy in him because he wishes he had a Marin of his own. And there's that possession kind of aspect where that he's obsession literally of on top wanting, of her and grabbing her. And, too, yeah. um, but I love the little thing with the hair that he ties. And then that's that really oh, disturbing terrific. bit at the end where you see um, Kayla's hair tied there, knowing the meaning that he's killed and eaten. Kayla. Oh, that made me, that made me sick. I almost like, missed it. Was I was like, I was like, is that her hair? And I'm like, I definitely oh, I meant- missed that. Yeah, my, yeah, my, girl, my I, girlfriend my girlfriend's like no it's not her hair isn't on there i'm like yeah that's her hair man it's like, with the ribbons yeah it's her yeah. hair it's i fucking... definitely miss that yeah, you can oh. see the like the braid the braid in it too yeah it's like and, uh, uh, it's a pretty lock of hair anyway and i also want to note uh who plays uh kayla's anna cobb and she was in a really good movie last year uh, we're all going to the world's fair uh so it was really kind of fun to see her in a, in a big picture like this and uh also a uh, tiktok star francesca scorsese she's in this movie too she's one of her friends uh, as well she got a shout out at the credits which i thought was pretty fun um and i also really the scene with uh with jake and uh, brad at the when they're kind of camping um and and one of the guys you find out he's not even doesn't even have the affliction he's just he just loves killing people and eating wants to eat people and it was just such a terrifying moment when you when you eat people like don't you get prions like that's what happened in south pacific and you get like uh, sick, in real life yeah, yeah i think so i, I, get I don't prions. know it's not a good idea i mean well for many reasons, took... but you know also for prions <laughs> yeah um and a lot of just it was like kind of like a who's who of like great like uh, cameos or short roles that like I really loved. I love Suspiria. So Jessica Harper plays uh, yeah. uh, Marion's like uh, biological grandmother and you see her and that's a really sad scene. I mean, the whole kind of through line of this movie is just sort of like people seeking out family and trying to find a, find a connection. And, mm. you know, mo- the kind of driving force of this movie, of course, is Marin uh, trying to go find her mother um, which leads to that great scene where with Chloe Sevigny, when you see her and her, her arms are eaten off and she's like totally lost her mind. And it's like, I I couldn't stop thinking about that scene as mm. the movie progressed, especially at the end. Where she like snaps. And, yeah. And I guess I, I wanted to kind of, and I'm glad Nikki brought it up about the ending. Cause I, I kind of wanted to ask it how everyone thought about it. Cause like, to me, yeah, there's that certainly at the end when you see them together naked and it, it, there's, there's, there's a, there's a lot of ambiguity there. And I, and I think about what, uh, what I can just call Timothy, I guess, Lee, what he was saying about, you know, eating bones and all how it felt fucking amazing. And there's this kind of confluence between, you know, sex and death, le petit mort, with, uh, I think of when the guy gets his neck cut as it's about to ejaculate. Yeah. There's a lot of like conflation with that. And it's, it's kind of queer film too, isn't it? In some ways too. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost like being eaten like that, like he's in pain, but it's like an ecstasy there. And it's almost like a transcendental experience in a way. It's like transporting him time and space. I kind of thought yeah, it's like, a it's like vampirism too, too when they get like bitten on yeah. the neck and they get like kind of they get off to it kind of thing too. It's like kind of like that. That's, what, that's kind of what what I was thinking too. Like the uh the scene in the cornfield when she's in the car and yeah. she can hear um them in the in the cornfield. But that's exactly what I thought too. I'm like this is awfully like the way they were standing I'm like this is awfully vampire esque. But yeah anyways. Yeah definitely yeah, and- 
well, I actually wanted to like, you know, the title of the movie is Bones and All. And like the that's mm. sort of the kind of key element of the film is we find out that like eating eating someone bones at all if you're one of these people these eaters it's like a very right almost like a coming marrow. of age moment of yeah. your life it's like yeah you know a, a lot of cultures in the world we have like transitional moments for like a bat mitzvah a bar mitzvah if you're coming mm-hmm. of age and it's kind of almost like i think they describe in the movie they say it's like before bones and all after bones at all and um you, you kind of hear it described as like this like again i, I was thinking of uh uh in uh what's that movie crimes of the future where he eats the plastic at the end and yeah. it's like a little bit of the like uh you know Joan of Arc moment where he's like crying Lock, and it's like that, <laughs> that that like sublime experience and I was kind of wondering is it actually a good thing to eat bones at all because we see Lee so obviously troubled mm. by what's happened with him with his and father, I think we yeah. can and I, I don't know if it's ever said in the movie but I think we can assume Sully ate his grandfather bones and all or at least like you probably apply he has hmm. I'm, I'm wondering like is it actually a good thing to eat bones and all and you can't help but like think again i was I think, thinking about Marin's mom too, and how she turned out and then you know Marin's gonna go off after after eating lee and you know her whole family unit being destroyed now often on her own i can't help but think her what, what she's gonna turn out to be is not unlike what her mom did so i, I kind of thought it was just a you know it, it's a it's a very sweet moment of like love and expression but it was just so fucking disturbing. And I was just really mm-hmm. like, I, I just couldn't help but think about what's going to happen after this moment in the movie. And it was just, I think, uh, I think for Lee, it was probably like the wrong. most beautiful thing that he could think of for her to do too. But I can see that side of it as well too. In the book, it's a little bit weird because uh, Sully is actually her grandfather, which is really weird. And I liked in the, oh, okay. I liked in the yeah. film actually how like it was more kind of, you know, you just, he's just some weird guy. <laughs> Cause I like that. That made it more unnerving, I think. And um, I think in the book too, um, yeah, the book is 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 not as good. I found, but it is it's worth reading. Uh, but there's like kind of a vegan argument because the author is vegan, and she's saying that you know, which I don't agree with, but she's saying that like if you uh, you know people eat other people, they're kind or eat meat, you know, they're kind of indifferent to each other. So basically, uh, Marin uh, wakes up one morning after having sex with Lee, and she's eaten Lee. And then she's upset for a little bit and then she just moves on and has, you know, this thing with this guy in the library. And I was like, what? You know, so the film for me felt more, much more impactful in that way, too, because uh, I just they kind of removed that argument, too. And I think, you know, it's probably better to eat less meat. But I mean, like, I I, I don't agree with the author's argument, but um, I think the film worked a lot better just focusing on that romance and that kind of chemistry between those two. Because that like Silence of the Lambs, that <laughs> I mean, those are nice chemistry movies. Like the, the chemistry really made it for me in, in this movie, at least. And also, it, in it's such Lambs. a sweet relationship between them. Like I just love how as characters how they were to each other and like how supportive they were and the scene where Lee's actually telling about his past and what happened. And you, you see Marion how she's like telling him it's okay it's safe to open up to me and like i i just thought like that little bit of emotional connection they had was just so that vulnerability was so beautiful and uh, uh yeah timothy was great performance by him and eddie so mm. skinny and lanky he just uses his like skinny lankiness what did all of you think of like because my girlfriend thinks he has beautiful hair but she's like his hair and this is so ugly <laughs> and i was like it is and then i talked to my friend grant my grant's like i love his hair what did you I think of his, cool. his hair and his clothes i, I, I thought his hair was pretty cool too actually <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah with the kind yeah, of like dye like half dye and not like, oh i hated it it was like a rat color but it was like he looked yeah, like a but guy in some the scenes, it was like, this, like, with like a cookie monster pajama girlfriend. Like that's what he looked like to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, where's the door? These four backpack. But <laughs> they had it was like sort of a, like a big curly like it, it almost in some scenes looked like a big like mullet, almost like a Danny McBride yeah. thing going on. But then at the top, it was kind of like well, I don't know, well shaped. I thought it was actually kind of a cool 
kind of a cool haircut. And it, it, it yeah. I mean, it works for him anyway. And I believe he actually is a queer character too, because he's—I believe he's bisexual in the movie. Yeah, he's kind I, of, I don't know kind if it's of true. Gender fluidity. But, and... but on his shoulder, someone said there's a tattoo where it's like Adam and Eve, and, or Adam, Eve, and Steve, or something on on, on his shoulder. That's what I heard. I, I didn't see it, but um, even the scene where he's um seducing uh Jake Horowitz, like you know, it's there's obviously you would tell you would tell utilitarian purpose of killing this guy, but you you see like the connection between them, and there's certainly something there to his character. So I. And of course, with Marin too, at the beginning, the little bit of sapphic moment with her and her friend, um, these two like yeah, because um, I of, was I was hearing that there was this yeah. argument that like the queerness, uh, cannibal, cannibalism is a queerness or a, sorry, a metaphor for queerness in the film, which is interesting, which I didn't really think about because the movie focuses on the relationship between a man and a woman, but like there is kind of like a gender fluidity or kind of a queerness yeah. in the film, and so, and with everyone yeah. else in the movie, and even with Sully, that's why I wasn't so hard on Sully at the beginning because like I couldn't help but read Sully as like the many, many gay men of the 50s and 60s and onward who, you know, spend most of their lives at solitude and, and without really much family. They'd be either excommunicated by their family. And so I couldn't help but kind of feel sympathetic with him and connect with him. And of course, otherwise, he, he gives it a massive ick, you know, <laughs> with, his, with his like Herbert the Pervert family guy voice. Yeah, uh, but, yeah I was uh, <laughs> it is like that, isn't it? <laughs> what was it like? Life's never dolly with you with Sully. I was like, oh man, this guy's... <laughs> Like reminds me of the guy from uh, the movie The The Road. It, oh, it'd be yeah. Worth oh yeah, yes, right? yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, good call. That's right. I, I kept uh, saying it. I, I kept saying that quote after the movie. The movie, my girlfriend's like, "Stop saying that. It's creepy." <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, Curtis, are you the only one here who's read the book? I haven't read the book, so I, I yeah, I, so, I read the book. Uh, what was a, your thought overall of this movie? Like to compare to the book, like do, I what, thought the, what, the, what, the the yeah. movie was a lot better. Uh, as I said, there's some changes which I didn't really agree with too. So like the death of Lee and I didn't agree with kind of the vegan argument of the book. Um, but I did like, um, it felt very, very cinem cinematographic. <laughs> I think that's the word. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it was very easy to read. Like I read it in a couple of days. I was really into it too. Um, but the, obviously the, the ending of the film, I think it, with, 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 you know, her and Lee is, is a lot better. And uh, Lee, uh, as I said, too, Sully is her grandfather, which is just really weird. I didn't feel that worked as well, too. So I do think the book is worth reading, uh, especially if you love the movie. But um, I think the film is much better. And I think it's nice to have that visual enactment, too, you know, especially with the eating and cannibalism, that sort of thing. Yeah. Too. It is great and, graphic, but. <laughs> and yeah. seeing all the different states, I love. I think they filmed. I don't oh. know if they filmed in all the states, but they well, filmed, I know they filmed in like Ohio. Um, Virginia. They filmed in like four uh, the credits. It was like four I love, states. I love driving and the around. The geographic U difference was so cool. Seeing the different changes. I love driving around U.S. and and like seeing all the national parks and stuff. And for me, you know, even though I'm not I'm not religious at all, I love like driving across those Bell Bible Belt and you can smell see the waffle houses and the and the, the big signs that are like yeah, God is coming. The, like, right. the neon the, the sleazy kind of motels and with the neon signs and stuff. And it's oh, funny, I just love it. <laughs> I remember when we were in Alberta last year uh, when we were driving to uh, to Drumheller, like we're going through the prairies, oh, and there was like a huge flat Earth Society sign. Oh God, on the side of the road, which I thought was. <laughs> Give me a kick. I'm like, yeah, no shit. You think it's flat earth? You live in the middle of like where it's just flat everywhere. Of course, you got no other reference point. Just wait till they get to BC there, and for or wait till they get to uh, Banff there for a shock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's uh, there's flat earthers all around the globe. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're all we're all here. I, I I forgot to admit, I'm a flat earther now. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> it, it kind of I I I don't know if uh, any of you others have watched uh, Terrence Malick's Badlands. It kind of reminded me of that as well, too. Just like with the the kind of idea of the lovers on the run, yep. too. And yeah, um, it's got I a new Hollywood vibe. You know, like what? very strong Hollywood vibe. I I you know what, uh, Curtis, you're actually 
you just hit the nail right on the head. It's very similar to Badlands, which I that movie I did not like, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it is very similar. Just with that like sort of couple sort of going together, both yeah, kind they're of a little like, bit naive too. You know, they don't really know what to do, yeah. and you know, they, you you want it, you're yeah. rooting for them because even though they did some bad things, you know, you still want them to do well, and we care about Lee, even though like technically, I mean, technically they are. I, I correct me if I'm wrong, Nikki. I think they are serial killers because they killed more than three people, right? So they're technically serial killers maybe or what do you think yeah. <laughs> yep serial killers for sure but i mean yeah. that's interesting that, to think about too that was the one inconsistency i had but also like, like genre... oh no go, oh, go ahead sorry John. like also also like what you brought up earlier too john like just their relationship is so like like you want you want to see more of it right it's kind of like it's kind of addicting to watch so like like curtis said you are rooting for them despite the fact yeah that they are serial killers like like nick you pointed out like yeah, it doesn't. It kind of so doesn't matter the what they did. Yeah, the same thing was <laughs> such a bummer. Sort of like, a, I want to like a Bonnie and Clyde kind of. Yeah, exactly. It had that kind of vibe to it. That's that's spot on. And that's why I was so sad by the end because like I just want to see them like go grab coffee and go to the movies and live in this like university town. Yeah, they had like, a cute little place so together bad. and like cooking together. And I'm like, that's kind of <sighs> nice. Yeah, I can smell the bacon. You know, it's really nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's stripped away, and I was like. And I almost thought, like, when it was ending, when it was that, that that moment where it fades out, it's like we could be normal for a while, and it goes to cuts the back. Like, I was almost expecting it to end right there. Um, and I, if it, it would be kind of weird to think of if the movie had ended there, what would your feeling be towards it? Um, because I was so enamored by the relationship and it was so sweet. Luca, Luca likes his heavy endings, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you see the fuck man, yeah, yeah, that, or like definitely. calling by your name where he's crying at the fireplace. I'm like, yeah, you know, poor, poor Timothy. Or... <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a kind of a through line of like expression of like love and like the highs and lows of it, and like really captures mm. like the kind of young love, the nuances um, of I, it I too, really and just love, like what really you would well. do for that love too. Like how far would you go? And you know, they they genuinely do love each other, and I think it's really beautiful to have that. It's always nice to have more love in the world um to yeah um yeah a couple of fun facts about it too so part of the marketing campaign there was an artist uh they hired commission called uh, elizabeth payton and she did a painting for the film which is quite gruesome it's called uh kiss bones and all and uh we tried to get i, I tried to get ethel kane uh hayden um anhedonia um on for this episode but i didn't hear back from her freaking agent so too um, famous she, now it can't happen yeah she's too famous for us She's too famous. Uh, so uh, I, I, she recorded a song in tribute to the two lovers after watching the film, and it's called uh, Famous Last Words and Older Eaters. I'll put it in the uh, outro probably of the this episode. And she said about this, uh, she wrote on, I think, Twitter when she still had Twitter, uh, can't stop thinking about Bones and All. This one's for Lee and Marin. So kind of the same feelings as me. Really nice. Well, I don't know if it's nice, but it's a beautiful song. <laughs> um, I want to ask you guys too, and I guess for you as well, Nikki, why do you think cannibalism as a theme is kind of more popularly and i just wanted to say my colleague who couldn't be here for this episode he was him and i were talking about that idea of eating the rich too which is interesting but what do you what of all what do you think nikki um i well i would have to think i mean i think we're all a little bit desensitized and cannibalism Mm. is probably one of the more grotesque things that we can possibly imagine in our heads it's kind of like one Um, of the last cultural taboos too isn't it you know you have yeah yeah, right. it's a lot like with the Hannibal TV series too. I mean, and we have you know, um, other kind of stuff going on, like a lot more novels too with cannibalism. What do you guys think, John and Quinn? Do you have any uh, kind of thoughts? Well, I kind of see it as like also like a just a natural evolution of what what the zombie wave kind of was. Like a lot of that, especially you know, I'm I'm watching. I was watching Night of the Living Dead, and what I was really struck by watching that again is that. The zo- the, you know, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of tropes with zombies that are there that are pr- omnipresent in other works, but they are kind of like people, like there's an intelligence that you don't normally get. And there's like, 
And I, and I kind of thought about that because I, I do think like the zombie wave obviously is very much based around cannibalism. And it's like all of a sudden your neighbor could just walk over and, and eat you alive or something in the horror of that. Or, or in the opening of the Dawn of the Dead remake where he, the guy's chasing after her, he's running, and then he just immediately spots the neighbor who's watering the grass and runs over and eats them. And, you know, it's just that domestic horror. Dawn, and I, Dawn, I think, of the, Dawn of the Dead, the Hare Krishna zombie might get you. you know? <laughs> yeah, and I think cannibalism <laughs> is sort of similar in a way because, I mean, it's the same kind of violence, but I think it's much more focused around, well, what do we think of it? And it's like so the the kind of the the politicalness of 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 exploring like how 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 it would go to actually eat someone if you're Hannibal Lecter eats someone you're put in prison for life um and and you know if if it, if it's the case of this movie the kind of um the logistics of how you would actually eat someone and do it like a whole mm. humane way or not and I I find that stuff really kind of interesting it's interesting uh, too with like um, cannibalism too because you kind of have I don't want to say ethical cannibalism, but you know, at the end of Silence of the Lambs, where he goes after that awful psychiatrist, the sexist one. And I'm like, oh, good. I don't I really oh, don't like I'm him. Having that. an old friend for dinner. Yeah, yeah. Like you actually like, you're actually kind of howling for blood a little bit because like, you really don't like that psychiatrist, the way he treats eyeballing clearly and being inappropriate, you know, like just being gross and you know, being arrogant and like, you don't really care for him. And you know, in, oh, yeah. in Bones and All too, you know, like where he, where there's a like, really dickhead at the at the store or two and he ends up lee ends up killing him you know like you don't really care for that even though it, it is technically a bad thing but then you get th- people like sully who've been going around killing people too so this it's interesting in terms of ethics there's like different levels i think maybe of think- thinking about it yeah and and i don't want to be like kind to sully but even when sully was killed i was kind of a bit sad in a way because i'm like yeah. it's like when you see an old tree getting chopped down i'm like yeah, this is someone who's lived and survived and scraped by for decades and decades he's been alone and he's just getting unceremoniously like suffocated and mutilated by these and he, he wanted something kids. i mean was, even, it's even really though what he, what he did was was, all, yeah. was horrific i mean like yeah. he wanted something very fundamental he wanted to, a companionship which is something i think we all want you know we're humans are social creatures so even if you normalize being alone for years and years i think it's still natural to be drawn to others you know but with yeah. healthy boundaries but to our younger things. listeners consent is important yes very consent, important very very important consent is, consent i was is okay sexy. with him getting ripped apart honestly yeah. <laughs> i was perfectly fine yeah after he he showed up on the side of the road with like his his like child abduction van basically yeah yeah, like, jump rope. Rope. yeah. <laughs> yeah just going off that too like um i just wanted to hear if you had any kind of insights with that too nikki like i mentioned it kind of felt like you know, like a lot of the people who disappear, like the boy in the cornfield, it felt like a 70s kind of thing where you don't have that technology, you don't have that surveillance and people just go missing too. And I just wonder if you had any thoughts and you always see those missing posters in the 70s with the grainy photo and you can't even really tell what they look like anymore because it's so grainy. It is unbe- unbelievably easy to hide a body and just nobody find it ever any trace like there's so many people who just disappear off the face of the earth. So personally, like I find humans to be far more scarier than anything mm. paranormal. So um, even just thinking about that idea of when I was watching it about the idea of, you know, these are actually humans who are eating people to the point of eating their bones, never to be seen again. Um, the idea that someone could do that, a human being has the capacity to do that, I thought was one of the more terrifying things about the movie. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and anyone could go missing, right? To even even Lee's father, you know, what happens to him too? And I mean, that's horrific, nobody, but he was never really caught too. And it's interesting too, how they're so easy to evade crime. Like they they make a lot of foolish mistakes too, but they just, they they know how to survive and they know how to evade the law. And obviously Marin's father is known, has been evading the law for years when it starts off. And I thought it's kind of interesting that they said it too in the, 
you know, in the book, I think it has a different uh, setting. I think it's set in like contemporary times, but in the movie, it's set in the eighties Bible belt too. So, um, I mean, you know, there's a time of Regan too. We have uh, like, yeah. Lester there's Bill a Giuliani but... clip at the beginning where he's talking about, yeah. it like, um, I can't remember what it was, but someone had like died in the, in the, in his, um, in the, t- the attorney general's office or something. And yeah. it's just like little <laughs> moments like that, that really center you in, in the time and place that you're in. Yeah. And I, I thought it was kind of interesting in that way too. Cause um, you know, in in the Regan America, we have this really kind of conservative notion that kind of desires are evil and kind of should be hidden from sight too. So we have very conservative appearances. You know, the father wants you know Marin not to go out or at all too, but she you know she's she's a bit of a rebel and she sneaks oh, out at the beginning. Yeah, and Lee's Lee's sister calls her calls him gives calls him a slur for his shirt or whatever. He's like, yeah, and, yeah. And that's it's like so- a sweet moment where you're kind of with Kayla's side and she says that you're like, oh yeah, this is the eighties. I forgot shit. Oh yeah, wow. <laughs> we're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, it kind of, it's kind of interesting how they said, I think the 80s setting worked really well too. And they're traveling. I mean, they're, you could, if you go somewhere where you don't know anybody and nobody knows you, it's far easier to be a serial killer yeah. and you're disposing <laughs> of the body entirely. So exactly. They don't, they don't have that digital surveillance and technology too. So, you know, you can get a lot away with a lot more. You can put on a crap wig and, you know, nobody's going to check your hair or whatever at the door. So Things like that too. Or, I think it was, even for buying bus tickets, it's just like a couple of papers, like a birth certificate. It's like, all right, yeah, come on board. There's no security <laughs> or like anything. I thought it was interesting too, um, the idea of homelessness and poverty in the film too, because that's something that really comes up too. I mean, because they're they don't have any money, you know, they just have this truck, you know, that they stole from this guy, and they're kind of living, you know, be, not living paycheck to paycheck, but they may as well be, you know. It's and it's uh, it shows how hard it is for a lot of these kind of you know young people growing up in Reagan America too you know they don't have any money to work with you know the government's <laughs> may as well not even be there <laughs> and uh you know it's it's tough to to you know live on the dole or not have any money too you know you're just living day to day and you learn how to survive but I mean there's no stability and that's what also makes the ending I think so heartbreaking because they finally have that stability at the ending and then you know you know dickhead comes back <laughs> so yeah so I think it's interesting there's a lot of so many different aspects of the film that I that I really enjoyed um yeah, it did really well too. So it got several accolades and positive reception, including best director at the uh, Venice Film Festival too. Uh, there, we have talked a lot about the violence and gore too. But I, I think what was nice about this film is you know you only get certain moments of the film that are quite really graphic too. It's it's you know it's it's quite a romance film I think as well. And I think that's everything I had to say about the film. Did any of you have have anything to add or mention? I think I do think unfortunately it was not a success in the box office. Yeah. Um, I think it was like 15 some million to make and they'd only made 16 million, I think. Mm. So I don't think they, they overall grossed very much, unfortunately, because it is a beautiful, beautiful film. Very, very well directed. Uh, I haven't seen um, uh, Call Me By Your Name. I have not seen that yet. Um, I, but I, I do. Might, agree. It's, it's beautiful. I think it's quite a slow, a boring movie, but I think it's, if, especially if you watch it as like a, as a gay person, I think it's a really meaningful yeah. film. Like it was, as I, a lot of my friends have said, you know, but and also I, has a cannibal in it. It's got Army Hammer. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh yeah, the rib eater. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I do agree with you though, Curtis. I, I think this is um, Timothy Chalamet's best role, at least I've seen. I did like him in Lady Bird as well. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's great in yeah. Dune too. He's great in everything. I, I love him in everything. I think he's. Great. I mean, Interstellar as well. I know he's like younger and whatever. Oh, but that's right. He's yeah. in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I saw like this thing. It was like that 
what's that washed up actor from the, the really bad Hercules movie? Kevin Sorbo, yeah. And he was like making fun of like Timothy Chalamet's oh, he's not masculine. I'm like, man, when have you had a good movie? Like <laughs> you never had a good movie. And like you were like, your movie, your show in the nineties wasn't even good. <laughs> like <laughs> Well, hey, Kevin Sorbo could make Hercules, but Timothy Chalamet couldn't make Hercules. Yeah. So, you know, he's got that going for him. I I'd like a Timothy Chalamet, you know, Hercules. That'd be pretty cool. I watched that. <laughs> Yeah, so that's everything I I got. Um, I guess we can dive into our reviews for the film. So I thought, you know, I love this movie. I it was really fun coming back to it too. I was really happy I could watch on the big screen because I think Luca's films are meant to be seen on the big screen too. Um, so yeah, um, four and a half out of five for me. I think just because the ending upset me so much. Um, but I did love it. I I don't know how they could have ended it. I think it was still better than the ending of the book. Um, what did you think, Nikki? What did you give it out of five? I'd give it a four just because mm-hmm. of all of my gagging, but I yeah. thought I thought that the, the storyline <laughs> the storyline was great. I kept my attention. Um, it was really, really, really creepy. Sully creeped me the hell out like like nothing else. Um, and it was also kind of sweet. Like it was a little romantic and sweet. Um, definitely unique, def- different than anything else I had ever seen. And I don't understand why it, it didn't do so well. Even if you look on IMDb, the reviews are kind of all over the place, but there's a lot of like one star, two star, like, yeah, and like one star, you really have to hate something, of, you know, a like, lot of people really bombed it. You're right. I did. I did see that too, Nikki. Yeah, I saw people, some people say I saw some people say they didn't like how like it should have been more gory, and I'm like, I thought the movie was pretty fucking gory. I don't know, yeah, like, blood every yeah. fucking where. Like, you want like, like they want like you know blood, blood. What is it? Blood. They want like shooting out of necks yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> but overall, four, four to five probably for me. Great. Right on. What about you, Quinn? Yeah, honestly, um, so I gave it a three and a half out of five, uh, just solely on the fact that I did find it a little bit too long, and yeah, I did long. sort of my. My attention span in this one was sort of like up and down, but I will say, and this is normally this can either go positive or negative, but I'm going to say this bag or this bag. I just kind of spoiled myself. It's a mixed bag. It's like, you know, a movie that you see such a beautiful scene and you're like, oh my God, this is like, this is like the most, like, like Nikki said, so romantic, so beautiful. Everything's so great. Then like the next scene, some chick's fingers getting bit off and she runs out the house. <laughs> then there's like, you know, a throat slash scene after sort of like, you know, this sensual sexual scene in a cornfield. And then, you know, it's just sort of like, there's a lot in this movie. It's a lot of different things, but I just found um, not necessarily the pacing to be slow uh, because you are invested in the characters, but just overall sort of like, you know, I, I found it to drag a little bit. I, I at times and stuff like that and I did I did in fact find myself you know on my phone at some points and stuff and so, sort of uh now, now I, I I do wish I I had paid a little bit more attention to um the film in its entirety uh I do wish I would have seen this in theaters like you did uh with Annika Curtis I think that would have been um, oh, it's great! Know, yeah. an, an extra, an extra. Well, if, if extra you do get, watch. if you do get a chance to watch, and if it ever does come into theaters, I definitely recommend. Oh yeah, it. if they played at the Mayfair or something, I'm there for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall, a three and a half out of five, but uh, I'm I'm not uh, not digging my heels. It, it it could be a four, four, four and a half for sure. It's a beautiful, beautiful film, and uh, I think the acting is is phenomenal. And on top of everything, I thought every character was really good, whether you hated them or loved them. They were just really cool, really well, you know, put together and everything. But it's uh it's a three and a half for me 
but uh yeah i appreciate all your opinions john uh yeah i, I gave it a four out of five uh, i guess my discussion i didn't want to belie it but like I, I did i did have a few gripes with the writing and stuff it reminded me of some of the similar criticisms i had when we watched a, a terrence malik's that malik movie i had kind of you know some of the dial some of the writing to me was wasn't wasn't great but i mean overall i love the characters i, I love um you know the road the cannibal love story road movie and that was another <laughs> reason why i i know that this movie didn't do so hot because a lot of people went into the movie thinking oh it's going to be like a ya romance with like timothy chalamet and it's it is that but it's also very violent and and um and visceral too so i think a lot of people were a bit surprised by that but i i thought it was great i, I loved again i really liked mark Rylance's character it was really disturbing great villain and like i love that uh tension and just the idea of conflating cannibalism with like queerness in the 80s and um how, how how do you form a community there if you're have an identity that makes you so alone and separates you from everyone else where you only have a few people in, in the world that you can even really connect with i thought that was such a really interesting uh for focus and i loved all the appearances from you know jessica harper chloe seven yeah i loved all yeah, the, I think, the cameos uh, did, and roles david they had. Gordon green was in it too wasn't he yeah he was one of the guys at the campsite yeah the yeah. Creeps, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly and like that was such a there's so many moments where you, I, I really want to revisit this movie in the future because there's so many scenes that really stuck me so um yeah i went, went four to five yeah so a pretty good review overall four out of five so definitely worth checking out too and uh, we've got more cannibals coming up next. We got uh, we're back to the really Scott series. But we're also keeping it spooky with uh, I think what is it two thousand one's Hannibal? Yeah, that's the year. Yeah, and uh, that's I and actually Gary Oldman's in it too. See if you can find Gary Oldman in that film because I think oh, they did a great right, job. And that movie, like I I thought I thought Hannibal was really great. And there's really scary pigs in that movie. <laughs> the pigs scared the hell out of me. So uh, I hope uh, if if you guys haven't watched it, it's really good. And um, yeah, thanks again to to Nikki for uh, coming on today. It's been a pleasure yeah. to have you. You're welcome back thanks anytime. For <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks and for I, having me. I I don't know if there's anything you want to mention. If you have any upcoming um, um, episodes coming out or anything you want to mention with your podcast. Yeah, if you're into true crime, my podcast is Serial Napper. It's basically the true crime podcast that you listen to as you fall asleep. So if you're into that kind of thing, you should check it out. And you've got YouTube videos and uh, Spotify, YouTube, so Spotify, best of both worlds. I'm, yeah, I'm everywhere. <laughs> I've got video, audio, everything, all all good. <laughs> Hardest working woman in town. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, thanks so much, Nikki. I, I don't know if you guys had anything to plug too. Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, beard, I'm glad I, I I'm glad I didn't tap out. I was I joined this episode <laughs> in rough shape, and I'm, maybe it's just the, you know when you're when you're doing something, you get that adrenaline. I'm feeling great now. So I don't know. Talking yeah, you, about you, you messaged me and I'm like, I, I, I hope you're still alive. I see like, is he really sick or I something? I was still in bed at 10. I was like looking at the, the clock and I was like, oh, I don't know about this, but uh, there's nothing <laughs> like talking about young romance and people who eat Little people. cannibalism. Get, is, you feeling good, so. <laughs> hangover cures. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have anything to mention, Quinn? Do you have any reviews coming uh, up? For... No, no, I don't think so. Not today. Um, yeah, just uh, great to be back. Uh, yeah, great to have again. you back. For coming on um yeah it's been a little bit so yeah i'm happy to be back great choice by the way for your canon uh looking forward to Thanks, talking man. ridley scott's hannibal next week yeah so. that should be fun uh, yeah, well, that, yeah yeah it's been a lot of fun it's great it's great to have you that. back quinn <laughs> yeah appreciate it man and then uh also for listeners out there if you guys want to uh to you know question comments you know suggestions what you want us to review uh in the future Give, send us an email at seedstruckpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we also have, um, well, it's it's my Instagram account, which is uh, at seedstruckreviews. 
Uh, I haven't posted reviews there in a while, but I will be, especially in the winter when less stuff's going on. There's more, you know, snowing outside and more movie watching and all that other fun stuff. But yeah, we appreciate all your, uh, your support. And yeah, so thank you very much. Great. Well, thanks to all of all of uh, our listeners for listening as always. And we'll be back strong with the Ridley Scott next week. So have a great night, everyone, or great afternoon or great morning, wherever you are. Whatever time it is. <laughs> yeah. Take care, See folks, guys. everybody. My lips are so burned from kissing.